Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 188, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. We have so much fun before we start recording with you guys. This was a particularly fun one. Good gang in the chat today. Uh, But this, what you're listening to, is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, June 10th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, baby, Chug, Chug got what I need, but you say it's just a trend, but you say it's just a trend, and then follow that up with, is this anything? Hell yeah, Ben went. it's a AKA, well done, sir, Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray, on the Zoom, podcasting. Talking trends and daily sights, face to face, some NBA, and from time to time, blipping. <laughs> O'Brien, won't you come and TDZ with me? O'Brien, won't you pod? Won't you pod? Oh my god. Okay, so that is Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. That's from Hank Scipio on the Discord. Thank you. I didn't know we were going to share that. That is how Miles summons me to every uh, TDZ record. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know we were going to share that. That's why sometimes I sound more hoarse when I do the episode because you're like, nope, do it again. And also, the timing of the smoke machine was wrong. Well, Miles, we are fortunate to be joined by one of the smartest people I know. She's a producer here in the iHeartRadio LA podcast studio, helping to create shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Uh, She's a fabulous writer who you can read at Vulture, the AV Club, Team Vogue, Pace, The Advocate, many, many more. She is the brilliant and talented Joelle Monique. Hi, guys. Hey, what is happening? Oh, my God. I am on new medication, which does not allow me to sleep at regular intervals. So it's very strange. Trying to work it out. My psych was like, do you want sleeping pills? I was like, let's just try one at a time, sir. Let's get used to these. See what's up. Maybe a nighttime routine is what I need. My girl was like, get you some chamomile tea. Turn off that TV. So you'll set a timer, get that uh, Calm app going, get your bedtime stories flowing, and, uh, you know, get yourself knocked out that way. So we're going to try some things. Knocked out that way. Hammer over the head or an yeah. anvil from on high. <laughs> Got to figure something out. Natural things. Natural solutions. Homeopathic remedies. Yeah, yeah I do. My th- I mean, obviously, I'm not contesting with any sort of, like, chemical things to keep me awake. But whenever I have trouble, I like a nice edible but take a hot mm. ass bath because that is the way of Japanese oh. like bath cultures, you know, like the bath before you go to sleep. Like when that's the last thing you do, your body's Ooh. just like so relaxed. And then that's I'm like, true. Oh. That is true. Yeah. And yeah. then your sheets stay clean longer, too, because your body's yeah. clean when you put it yeah. on the sheets. Yeah. OK, I think I will add bath to the nighttime routine. We're going to get it. But yeah. <laughs> Figured out. Uh, so I, I would say uh, do not combine uh, sleeping pills with baths. No, 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 uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. But uh, no, no. <laughs> the uh, that's just a public service. I know you guys would never, but 
I, I just did an episode of Movie Crush with uh, Charles Chuck Bryant from Stuff You Should Know. And to prepare for the role of Vincent Vega, John Travolta, to find out what heroin was like without doing heroin, he was told to drink tequila and uh, get in a very hot bathtub or a hot tub, which doesn't seem like an accurate trying trail. To be like, Who gave that Maybe advice? Maybe I'm an I wanted... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> Look, everyone knows from that one New Year's Eve that uh, what's his Andy Cohen knows all about heroin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, these warm packs are all like it's like heroin. And so like, Bro, what? Uh, We're on a nationally broadcast New Year's Eve special. Oh, right, sorry, sorry, my bad. Oh, more importantly, Joa, have you been to a movie yet? Yes, I went. What'd you see? And saw the third installment of the Conjuring series. Oh, it. Almost made me cry, not because the movie's any kind of good. It's not. Uh, bring James Wan back to direct these movies. Your protégés are not. You're not. They're not doing it, James. But I was. It was really like going home for me. I grew up in movie theaters. Spent most of my time in movie theaters, like pre-pandemic. But even like in my youth, I worked in movie theaters. And oh man, when the crowd was in it, like even, again, the movie not great. The crowd, whoa, like cheering and stuff. Like we were at an Avengers <laughs> film. It was. It was where everyone was just so happy to be back in a movie theater and watching a horror film. I was just, uh, it was so good to be back in a crowd interacting with a movie. It just felt like coming home. Yeah. It was very nice. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Avengers because we were talking about how that is like one of the most successful movie franchises, fictional universes yes. that's been created in the past 20 years, like second only to Avengers. No, you mean Conjuring. The, the Conjuring is second only to Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yes. Uh, listen, Conjuring series could be my underrated today. Why the hell not? Listen, by the time they get to the second Annabelle movie, they are so far in their bag of being like, we understand what makes not just this universe tick, but why people come to scary movies. The last Annabelle, where they just explored, if you, okay, listen, if you haven't seen Conjuring, it's about like uh, this guy who was almost a priest, but then didn't become one and his wife who's like a medium and sees visions and shit. And oh, we talked together. about this on the show. Yeah, yeah. Great, their great. dark past, their dark real history. <laughs> yeah, the true history is very fucked up. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh huh. Yes, it uh -huh. is. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to that episode. But if you just want to stay in this nice fictional universe where they base the entire <laughs> horror series off of their romance, which I think is like Ace's decision making, filmmaker wise. Like, who doesn't love a good romance? And then surrounding that with horror, it's great. In the last Annabelle movie, there they keep everything they find from their little adventures in a room it was like crosses and it's locked it blew up the universe like fully expanded it in the last annabelle movie you get the guy who drives the boat on the river sticks who like collects pennies off the eyes i think that's an irish tradition that's uh -huh. introduced really well they have a haunted samurai suit which i was like get, get me somebody who knows how to make a samurai movie to direct that and i will be a haunted samurai suit that forces people to kill endlessly epic what was the other one that was really good? Like some kind of version of the Boogeyman. And then in this very last uh, Conjuring movie, they had the greatest floating witch lady that they didn't quite do right. And I sort of hope they bring her back in an undead way because she was sort of messing around with necromancy. What I'm saying is there's so many points that you could just like lift up and make something really great out of it. There's so much like good like love kernels throughout the series. And I just... I'm so mm -hmm. in love with with being involved in the Conjuring universe. Definitely, it, it definitely underrated. Like more people need to be as excited as I am about the Conjuring. Is that your favorite horror franchise? Franchise? No, 
I like to just give you questions that are going to break your brain because (laughs) you take this stuff so seriously. It's hard because I don't know if Final Destination is more consistently better than The Conjuring. Like, The Conjuring series has, like, really great movies and then, like, The Nun, to me, is an affront. Like, how did you mess up, like, classic Catholic ancient church, like, devil rituals? That's so, so basic horror movie stuff and they bombed it and they had one of the best horror girls they had uh tessa farminga who is vera farminga's little sister uh, how how did you mess it up yeah it's terrible but final destination i I don't think it's ever missed like listen roller coaster decapitated great logs coming off of trucks we invented that you know the hand in the garbage yeah don't reach down that drain nope (sighs) oh my (gasps) god i've had a a broken garbage disposal for the past week and i've been just reaching my hand down there trying to jig it's always horrifying your kitchen stinks right now right yeah it smells really bad Uh, we'll get to why sitting in there (laughs) they just released the list of uh the 10 smelliest states uh we're gonna talk about it later but california is number two based almost exclusively on my garbage disposal yeah all right, Joel, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Mm. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about how the conservative American white supremacy's answer to the 1619 Project. Another answer to it. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, besides just project, wasn't 1776. Point. And right. no, their new answer is 1836, okay. maybe. Mm. We're going to talk about the fact that criminals are stupid and being a cop is easy and the cops, uh, specifically this app that the police around the globe just used to capture like 21 million criminal text messages. We'll talk about why Islamophobia is not held to the same standard as anti-Semitism in the mainstream media, check in with the 10 smelly estates, maybe get to some unidentified uh, submerged I always forget what the S is. Submerged, subaquatic, submersible, (laughs) unidentified, unidentified subway sandwich object. Sandwich artist. Yeah, there's been some interesting videos of that. All of that, plenty more. But first, Joel, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Yeah. Okay. So what I typed in was like dog snout lead leash. Uh, Some of you guys know I have. A beautiful pet. Her mm-hmm. name is Lions. She is the love of my life. So beautiful. She's the mo- oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. But when walk, she's getting she's getting big. Like <laughs> I saw a friend the other day who I haven't seen uh, at all during the pandemic. And he was like, "Oh, let me see the puppy." And I showed him a video. He's like, "That's a full dog now." He just <laughs> skipped over being a puppy, and now right. she's a full dog. Which no is awkward fair. stage either. Just no, cute not- the whole time. The whole time, totally. She Scarlett Johansson did like just straight curve up. <laughs> um. She doesn't think that she should play Asians in movies, though. I was going to say, um, like, no. she's starring in a, a Miyazaki <laughs> she, film. She did not compare playing an Asian in a film to being a tree in a film. Uh, she's smart. Uh, so, <laughs> Lions, it's great, but she pulls a lot when I walk her. And while it's very cute and endearing now because she is, like, mid-sized and adorable, right. you know, 30 pounds from now, less cute. More me being dragged all over the street. So I've been right. trying to find ways to walk her that you know don't inhibit her because a lot of people are like "Ooh, get a choke chain or like tie her mouth shut and all kinds of horrible things that i was not going to do but i found a a lead leash where essentially it's just like when you put a bridle on a horse you know so you can lead it around you don't want to pull a horse by its body you can't do it it's big but if you pull it by its head it's gonna follow you anywhere so 
Uh, I bought oh, one. I haven't put it on her yet because all the instructions were like, you're going to have to introduce her to it slowly and give her lots of food and like attach mm. part of it to a collar because she might be able to slip out of it. So I got to figure out all the technical stuff. But listen, I'm going to walk my dog without being pulled around like a chump. Okay. I'm not Ooh, a rag doll. Like a chump. Uh, hey, <laughs> like a chump. Hey. <laughs> so don't, don't get any shoulder injuries too from having, uh, you know, those powerful. I remember like at one point I was walking two big dogs. Oh, hell no. And like, you know, the classic story, like a squirrel comes out and yeah. immediately it's like, oh, I'm Jax from Mortal Kombat because my arms just blew off uh, <laughs> trying to like hold these things back. It was like a disaster, but yet yeah, I'm sure I, I've, I've, you know, what's great. Uh, our listeners have many different occupations. I've had things from my cat's diet tips addressed. <laughs> yeah, Shout out to those of you on discord that helped out with that. If you got tips for how to get the dog under control in a humane way, not a mm-hmm. choke way, mm-hmm. please let Joel know. I'm lucky because Justin, your guy's editor, my brother, also yeah, owner yeah. of Lions is like, he's like a master dog trainer Lions and you know it. Like they're, they're getting it. Listen, they they fallen into sync. She listen. It's really annoying because sometimes I feel like you know when parents you know sometimes the dad will be like, "Hey, cut out," because they're like, "Oh God, we're so scared." Uh, dad said, "Stop, we gotta stop." And I'm just mom over here like, "Stop it, stop, stop, <laughs> lions, no, stop." <laughs> I feel ridiculous. So like 27 times later, she's like, "I guess I'll come over here. What do you want?" Very mm-hmm. begrudgingly. Um, so luckily Justin's there to like actually train, make sure she knows all of her, you know, manners and good behaviors and stuff. We're getting there. She's great. She's only six months. She just, just hit six months. So we're growing. She, I'm just yeah. I'm so proud of her. You're on your way. You're on your way. She's going to be so good. What is something you think is overrated? Honestly, I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. Bras and pants are overrated. I'm so mad we have to go back to them <laughs> to go outside. Women, if we would like to all just come together and just be like, no more bras. We, we In the pandemic, we learned that our backs don't have to hurt all the time. You know, they could just sag and then my back is free and it's amazing. I don't know if we're going to do it together. I'm nervous to do it in public, but ugh, yeah. overrated. let's never do those again. <laughs> That's what I look. Pants. I, I haven't worn bras too often or at least not recently, but <laughs> pants. Yeah, I'm uh, I. I like wore jeans two days in a row. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it really felt like monumental. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I honestly like I flashed back when I put my leg in the second time. I was like, <laughs> I've, I'm doing jeans two days in a row. <laughs> Not even like basketball <laughs> shorts or like sweatpants. Like what's going on? Yeah, there's a lot of fashion things that although that, that's the thing is when you go out, you're like, man, I wish everyone had the note that we're saying fuck jeans. But right. <laughs> you enter the no, world and it's like out here looking good as hell. Everyone like upgraded their wardrobe during quarantine. I and know. so like it's just flex city out here. I'm just in Burbank. Everyone looks good. I can't tell if it's I've been inside too long and I forgot what people look like. Or if everyone is like, if I'm stepping outside, I'm going to look so goddamn good that no one can challenge me. And yeah. either way, it's been like it's truly just it's a little intimidating. It's also a feast for the eyes. It's like. I, I'm telling guys, we are almost into summer. Like it's ha- it's upon us, right? I still see a, a, an interesting mix of people who are like on both ends of the drip spectrum. One which is like, I have so much pent up drippery that I need to get out here and stunt <laughs> right. on people. It's it's the Universal Studio stunt show from the late '80s, if you remember that. <laughs> or it's people like me who are like, 
forget the old world. Like, we are the people who have inherited this. And like, I will wear a stretched out V-neck the, you know, the third time in a row. Miles is a sea captain now. He does now smoke a uh, corn cob. Yeah, and I've got an eye patch. Where eye like, patch, what happened yeah. to your eye? I'm like, oh, nothing. It just, it just <laughs> kind of fits the vibe right now. Yeah, big white chin strap beard. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going, I thought sweatpants were here to stay, but uh, nobody... <laughs> Nobody has followed through on that. It seems I just like. think we have to be brave as a community together and just yeah. be like, no, we're doing it. It's really happening. And y'all are the losers for going. You're uncomfortable. I see it. Girl trembling right. in her heels, already ready to go home after an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Sir, and those loafers that are too tight. You know, you don't really want to be wearing the pants that are so tight we can see your package. I get it. But I know you don't want to. I know you'd rather be in your gray sweats. Let's just all do yeah. it together. Yeah. I think it's like hand in hand. Like last summer, people were like, yeah, we're going to do something about white supremacy. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, man, maybe fashion's different. And we'll go out there and like, we can just be ourselves. Nah. <laughs> Are y'all tripped up at all by the new ads coming out where everyone's like, now nah, it's time to go back to normal. And like, we're getting ready. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not, I feel like no. you're really pushing me and I'm not ready. Like slowly. That out phrasing is just insidious. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I concur. You know what I mean? Like I that is, that's. Normal was good for maybe fifteen percent of Earth. Yeah. Um, so, like, but unfortunately, this that fifteen percent. Let's go back to, to just ignoring commercials. the fact that uh, Jeff Bezos pays no taxes, and let's just uh, tear down these people <laughs> who found out how little taxes he pays. Uh, which, by the way, that is the follow follow up to that story: is the IRS is going after ProPublica, not changing their code to uh, do something about the fact that it's wildly unfair. But did you did you see any of like the responses from some of those billionaires and they're like, uh, care to comment on it? No. Dude. Were they just like, <laughs> oh my god, like, that's Carl the law. I Carl Icahn or whatever Icahn I C A H N. His uh -huh. response was, "quote There's a reason it's called income tax. The reason is if you're a poor person, a rich person, if you're Apple, you have no if you have no income, you don't pay taxes." Ha -ha. You think a rich person should pay taxes no matter what? I don't think I don't think it's germane. How can you ask me that question? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was in the article. That was in the article. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. the one in the article. Oh, yeah, I missed they, that one at the end. They wow. uh, Buffett responded and like a couple people responded through spokespeople usually. Right. But it was Ooh. it was essentially that. It's like, well, that's the rules. Sorry. It's like, yeah, you make the rules. Like let's okay. talk about the part where New you... rules, pantsing billionaires. Yes. Thank you. Let's do it. What is something you think is underrated, Joa? I already did the, uh, the Conjuring series is my okay. underrated. Let's cool. just roll with that. Let's do it. All right. And that means that you have to ignore the story from earlier in the week where we talked about why it's all sorts of fucked up and conservative. <laughs> Listen, it's still fucked up, but it can also it's also underrated. Yeah. yeah. You, you should, look, should know the real story. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Nothing's I mean, perfect. like, implicit in The Exorcist, which is one of our finest horror movies of all time, is like the Catholic ideology that is like very conservative and fucked up, but it's still uh, a good time at the movies. I just uh -huh. learned the majority of the Francis Farmer story that we all know was totally made up. Blew my absolute mind. I was like, what? I don't know if you guys know who Francis Farmer is. I don't. Actress in the 20s and 30s. Nirvana uh, was really into her. They wrote a song about her her best friend. Is that friend, why she, Frances Bean is named Frances Bean? <laughs> I wouldn't oh. surprise me because Courtney Love was really into her too. And people thought that she was like, she was this big, she's a big celebrity and shiny girl. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but she was also an alcoholic and belligerent and an atheist in the 30s. Uh, so people had some issues. 
And when she died, her friend owed like all of this money for like her book that she never really got down to writing. So they just made up a story about how she was lobotomized when she was in an institution, which no one can prove that she was actually lobotomized. And then a movie came out about her where Jessica Lange played her in the 80s. And that scene became like the most iconic, like ice pick through the eye lobotomy, like drooling. They said that she was abused by the staff. There's no proof of any of that. Uh, She never said it. It's not been written down anywhere. Her parents got her out after like, I want to say five or six years inside. Like it, the story is sad and tragic for many reasons, but not any of the reasons that we know it for. And yeah, you know, you gotta be careful when you're watching a movie. Uh, Most of the time, not history. Most of the time, just trying to tell you an interesting story. Right. They just took somebody else's true story though, because that shit was happening to people constantly in the early 20th century. Right, right. It's interesting. I'm reading this article. I, the track was called Francis Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Uh, but it also says, they said, the Nirvana biographer Michael Azarad referred to Farmer as, quote, the patron martyr of Cobain and his wife, Courtney Love, who identified with her in part because they saw parallels between her mistreatment by the media and their own struggles. with it. Mm. Yep. They called her St. Francis. Oh, OK. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And there's a new conservative answer, new absurd conservative answer to the 1619 project. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't have to spend much time on it because, as we said, we've discussed all the time that, you know, systems of oppression, they maintain their power when people are completely made ignorant of the context, the history, the pervasiveness. And then it can just be like, I don't know what's, what's going on. That's why the 1619 Project is so hated, so hated by racists, because just a clear light on the you know origins and machinations of star spangled racism that we have in this country. Mm. And it takes away like a lot of lazy talking points, like when kids are like, well, slaves like were educated or like Civil War was about agribusiness. No, no, no. You should actually. That's what someone told you, because they don't want you to know how horrifying this entire institution was. So, again. We've seen a lot of people, you know, whether it's the UNC Chapel Hill trying to take away uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, tenure and things like that. People are scared of this because it's just true. It's just truth telling about our history. And so Greg Abbott in Texas is now doing his darndest to uh, have his own version to obscure the racist history of this country. It's called the 1836 Project, which is mm-hmm. a reference to the Texas fight for independence, or you could just say, you know, colonialism and empire, because, I mean, you could look at the Alamo and say, maybe that was actually the worst blunders in military history was completely told a different way to create, uh, you know, more energy for anti-federalism or white martyrdom in the face of a brown invader. But Mm. that's for another lesson. In this instance, you know, this is this is essentially what it's doing is creating an advisory committee, quote, designed to promote the state's history to Texas residents, largely through pamphlets given to people receiving driver's licenses. It also awards students on their knowledge of the state's history and values. But some of these specific bills that are part of this House Bill 3979 says, quote, it will limit how Texas educators can discuss current events and racism in the U.S. The 1836 project also requires the promotion of, quote, the Christian heritage of the state. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, you know, Nicole Hannah-Jones jo- rightly pointed out in a thread that this is nothing new. There have been gag orders on discussion of abolition or, like, anti-slavery talk since the beginnings of this country. 
And this is yet another form of this where they're trying to be like, hey, let's uh, let's just we're going to steer this conversation where we need to uh, and set rules on how much truth you can tell people. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a talk about underrated movies. There's a 1996 movie uh, Lone Star that where the like struggle to tell the story of like Texas history, like figures prominently. That's right. Really good. But I mean, it's like that whole like the whole idea of you know, a lot of Texas independence is completely stripped away all of the racism and what right. was, you know, saying the idea that before all of, you know, like the timeline of saying like, well, it was the overstepping of, of these governments that like created like this tyranny that they had to fight against. They already had plans to steal this land from mm. way before any of that mm. and using things like well, we we're taking this land because they're quote lesser people. It's all steeped in racism. And of course, yeah, maybe you should probably get ahead of your own, you know, like there's no there's no clean state history in any state, really, if you really want to look at it. But Texas know. has a lot of nerve, let's be real. Like most of the academic books we use for grade school kids come out are published in Texas and yeah. out of Texas. And, they have outsized power for it, yeah. Yeah, and the way those things describe what slavery was, it was work for immigrants. Mm-hmm. Bananas. You know, the way they try to constantly obscure and put down Juneteenth celebrations. Like this is this is a not a people of Texas problem, but a government of Texas problem, I would say. And it's just absolutely it's hyper frustrating, I guess, just to I mean, Miles already said it like it's nothing new. But wow, the audacity to be like uh, your super in-depth, well-researched, verified work like life's work cannot be taught because it offends my delicate sensibilities. I don't like when people talk about racism. It makes me uncomfortable that it black people already have so little history, like specifically in this country that we can look to with actual names and dates. So much of our stuff has been erased that we're historians are literally guessing, you know, what recipes were Martha Washington's and which recipes were her slaves. Right. And and trying right. to differentiate so that his work can be honored and respected and taught. And it's 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 really frustrating to have to sit and listen to people in power try to continue to erase the little bit of history that we we can trace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because it, it, it goes it runs afoul of the mythology of these places where it's like, you see, just good 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 old christian people trying to forge our way through this country and when we did it like this by you know scaring off people with violence mm. um and we don't want to talk about how much so much of everything is either stolen or exploited from the work or labor of other people but that's just the pattern that will con- like it's we'll, we've we'll, we'll never break that cycle even how we look at things today we have you know, there's videos going viral of people who are gig workers begging for better tips because the wages they're paid to deliver food are not mm-hmm. enough to survive. And we're still like, nah, you know, some it's just like, oh, wow, that's that's a problem. But maybe in this very singular thing, rather than like, no, we have a history of doing this. Like this is our entire country is built on this and we still can't zoom out enough to really take that all in and begin to do something better. Yeah. And then they call the other conservatives call the other side snowflakes and claim they're overly sensitive. <laughs> they're like, oh, y'all can't handle history? Okay. <laughs> Damn. Um, all right. There are some criminals who are finding out some bad news over the past couple of weeks. So a while back, criminal syndicates of all types across the world started getting 
burners from inside their organization that came preloaded with, uh, it, they looked like a normal iPhone uh, or other type of phone. But when you opened the calculator app and typed in a few different numbers, it became a encrypted communication, like private communication device. And it became wildly successful. Thousands of criminals were using it to like plan drug smuggling to like communicate that they wanted somebody murdered. And it had been created by the FBI and by like global crime fighting organizations. And they were just sitting there getting all the messages and then just like busting people. And they recently decided they were like, we got to just tell somebody about this because we really fucking did it. We're the best. And so they announced a couple weeks ago that like, well, we were coming up to the end of like the amount of time that they had on this like wiretap or whatever. And I think they just like couldn't stop themselves from bragging that they did something smart. And so right. they were like, yeah, we intercepted 21 million messages. They busted all sort like their photographs of people being like, here's where I'm putting the cocaine in this fruit shipment. Here's where I'm putting the cocaine in these barrels of tuna fish. And yeah, they, it was incredibly successful, but it's like just the smallest amount of, of planning and they're able to fight crime in this really successful way. It just, it drives me crazy when like this is one, this has to be the exception to the rule because law enforcement just in general, especially in the United States is instead dominated instead of like, let's put some planning in up front and then we'll be able to stop the crimes that we're trying to fight. It's dominated by people who are like, I got into this because my friend from the football team told me I could like fuck some people up or something or because they're racist and want to carry a gun. So and you're saying good to see a win for law enforcement. You know, <laughs> exactly. the FBI, there are too many people are Googling COINTELPRO and Huey Newton. Now they can be like, they did it with this app. They got right. them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. This is, I did a win. And so they were like, I just hey. can't. That, I wonder like how, like in a, obviously in the comedic version, there's like the crime boss who's realizing it's like, they got it. How? Like with the calculator, they, the calculator? they made it, but you bought the phone at the Seven Eleven, right? Where we normally like, yeah, they think they know. Yeah. It's gotta be frustrating. Uh, that's why you gotta, the thing is, you know, just use the voice notes. You know yeah. what I mean? Voice messages. You don't even need <laughs> encrypted. You know what I mean? Use signal. Well, right. They did this. They did <laughs> like this. Like a professional criminal. Come on. Right? Exactly. They did this stuff? because they couldn't, like, convince Apple or other right. companies to let them get into their apps. So they would have been safer, like, planning their hits on Facebook. Like in, wow. in the DMs on Facebook than they would have using <laughs> uh, this like super secret app. But the FBI was like, all right, what would we do? Well, we would love a secret app that had like a secret button that flipped open this. And uh, this is saying global like it was this is this was like like global. Yeah, yeah it was. So Australia was wow. the one that like revealed it because they, I guess, had some urgent matters that they had to solve and make public. Stick to your flip phones. Yeah, yeah. Stick your flip phones and Facebook <laughs> to do your crimes. Send a letter. No one's looking there anymore. Yeah. yeah no one read. No one knows how to read. <laughs> That's what Russia like was really investing in typewriters and like 
pigeons for I, uh, yes yeah back in the day like not not long ago either <laughs> like 10 years ago and they might still be that might be the way that they're telling like communicating with one another about the tic tacs that they're flying over the united states and <laughs> we just I'm don't know all of these hacks being organized by pigeons <laughs> by pigeons yeah these ransomware attacks too they're like wait they're wait they they initiated via pigeon but it's ransomware what the f- they just send they send the encrypted codes via pigeon and right. then they're like at an internet cafe Right. And Jason Bourne doesn't know where to look for them. He's yeah. just right. he's lost and confused. He can no longer just hack a computer and find these guys. But he's like, but oh. then his like partner's like, what's that guy doing up there clapping those birds up there? What's, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. I don't know. He's probably some weird. He's probably fucking them or something. It's creep. Oh, God. Come on, we gotta fight some crimes. Like, they, no, they, that Mr. Bourne, that might be something. <laughs> Come on. Isn't there he's a scene where they're like it, in bird blinds in the in the first Bourne movie where they're like out in a field? Maybe not. Um, I don't know. I do not recall. And then, like the whole shipment, that they're like they're be asked, being asked to be paid in uh, loaves of Wonder Bread. This is so weird. What the fuck? The pigeons have intercepted the process. <laughs> and stale popcorn in a big garbage bag. <laughs> I wanted to talk about a crime that I, you know, it it happened. I think a couple days ago in Canada. Yeah, in Ontario. In Ontario, yeah, a 20-year-old intentionally drove into and murdered uh, a family for being Muslim in Canada. They were waiting to cross the street. The police are saying it was premeditated. They want to treat it as a terror act, but nobody is connecting it to like the situation that's happening in Palestine. It's just interesting that like you know, the repellent anti-Semitic words and violence that left people like battered and bruised and like sent some people to the hospital a few weeks ago was covered globally and tied to criticism of, you know, Zionism. But when a family is mowed down explicitly for being Muslim, the New York Times doesn't even like the word Palestine doesn't doesn't appear uh, once. And it just feels like it's a double standard. Yeah, well, I think it's just the Islamophobia that's just entrenched in media in this country. It's like we're at a we're at such a point and many marginalized groups in this country know there's a media version of your existence that doesn't allow for empathy to go in your direction. Right. And a lot of these things become obscure. They're not people. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. This is I've always been presented that this kind of person is like this through films I've seen, not because I can connect it to the humanity of it. And because of that, there's also like just, yeah, there there's, I think, a lack of interest or the ability to actually grapple with just how much uh, people have been left desensitized to Islamophobia, especially since September 11th and like the yeah. you, the momentum that's carried on. And it's a, for the same reason why people can still look for years at what happens in Palestine. And for whatever reason, if there, I think if people were looked a different way or the, you know, the the op- opposing ideologies involved were different. People would be like, this is terrible. Like, what is right. happening? And I think that's, I think inherently a, a level of Islamophobia, a lot of, I think, especially Americans probably aren't aware of too, that there's this, whatever your perceived lack of interest or wanting to understand is also entrenched in just a steady diet of othering and fear that has been fed to you. And without looking at it critically, yeah, we're left to, 
not be able to 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 analyze the same issues with the exact same sort of intensity or honesty. Yeah. 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 And we need only look at what types of roles the majority like the majority of Islamic characters in television shows or films and how they're presented is so often either uh you know if you were to look at casting calls it would be like terrorist bomber woman in a hijab like just very broad stroke one-dimensional yes i mean and just straight up racist Mm -hmm. depictions we we don't have you know and forgive me for using this because it's old but we don't have like a cosby version of like a muslim family or like we don't have any kind of connection outside of really the news um, and maybe Rami. Right. Right. Like these, these are the kinds of representations like the average American knows of and this community. And it's, it's kind of horrifying to think about how we do this consistently across like other communities. If you think about like the indigenous community just got their very first sitcom. Right. Just that's it. Like one piece of representation that's been put behind a paywall. And I think a lot of times I, I don't want to conflate too much the entertainment world with like how we respond to these communities. But I also think that we have, we can tangibly see change when these communities are given space and proper representation. Like there's, we unfortunately need stories to connect empathetically to others. And I, it's just horrifying to think about, you know, if you, if you have either, Muslim friends or friends who have been confused for Muslim and you like listen to their stories and how they've been treated the it's overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah. to consider the the kind of shit they have to go through right because there's yeah. even like there's multiple dimensions whether it's just a lazy media who just gets caught in like telling the same dumb stories over and over and that's how it's perpetuated in another sense it has to be done if these people aren't humanized then it allows for the same foreign policy to keep moving at the same speed at which it moves it allows for all of this military spending and it allows for us to uh put arms into the hands of quote-unquote allies in their quote-unquote fight against terrorism Mm. which is really just terror campaigns that involve uh innocent civilians Mm -hmm. and i think because this is you know i think it's just the sort of the nature of how all of these things are in service of each other and in this case whatever our goals are in the Middle East, especially, or I mean, oil, uh, if we're talking about uh, the Iraq war and things like that, we're, uh, it, it's, it's just left a big hole in being able to look at the totality of how it's all connected rather than just like, oh, maybe it's because we don't have enough shows or it's this other thing. There's so many things that just lead back to our own foreign policy and American imperialism and how it's all in service of all, all of these things. And we have no idea what his motivation is right now, other than that it was premeditated and based on their religion. Uh, we don't know if he was a neo-Nazi, but you can't disconnect cultural representation and the fact that we just lived through and are continuing to live through this international conflict where every night the mainstream media is treating the lives of Palestinian people and you know, Muslim lives as if they matter less than other people's lives. Like that's, you can't divorce that from just how people view each other in the world. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the smelly estates.
And we're back. And there, there's a new study out that is evaluating the smelliest states in uh, the United States. Smelliest. Who is the smelliest of us? What does this even mean? That's a great question. It is very, it's probably too subjective, but I don't know their methodology, but. That's the most important thing I feel like, right? Yes, totally. I immediately like, clicked on it to, because I was like, well, California's got to be up there because California. Because all the hippies, you know, shower. Am I oh, right? Boy. No, because California. Weed. So California is, a, a large part of California is a desert that that. They have carved a uh, society into, and there's just, you know, uh, all our trash is out here baking in the sun, and it is, it can be a uh, a smelly place. New York, also uh, a very smelly city when in the summer months. Oh, yeah. So those all made the top 10. So I was like, okay, maybe. Number one, Maryland, uh, and I'm guessing that's, People at least are implying it has something to do with the crabs. It's because it's close to the DC swamp. Oh, right. But I don't know. And then I noticed that, like, a bunch of the top 10 states are states that I've spent time in. And I'm like, (laughs) New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, California. Yeah, right by DC. Maryland is basically Washington, DC. Yeah. Uh, That's like a Massachusetts where I went to high school. It's a. it's really a stench is following. Yeah, then it says uh, a very specific part of Hollywood. It's kind of near our, our production offices, too. Huh. It says honorable mention. So maybe <laughs> this does have something wow. to do with you. It follows you around. This I really need to know the method. Because I would love to be able to be like, that makes sense. Because it sounds like the like the way you even described it is how like this was like the study was involved. Someone's like, yeah, you know, it's like California. It's like a desert. So it's like hot. Yeah. And there's like cows, so there's shit. And people are like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. So we'll give that three points. Okay, what else? Who else has something? Weed, okay, yep, that too. Um, but like, do you go and like, is it a survey of like the most complaints about odors and things like that? I mean, I know we have like the sriracha factory that was like for a while causing a lot of problems because people were like, it, I can't, like my eyes burn from living near the factory. <laughs> So the way, all right, I'm looking at the methodology, mm-hmm. how we determine this. We started with undisputed metrics of grocery. Uh, what? Is, yeah. So this is not a fully scientific. Like Mary J. Blige doing this? of grocery. In this oh. grocery. Dirty air, uh, trash, like, or the percentage of each state that is landfill. To measure I'm the more offended. Of the air. At the lack of creativity in writing this article. Sure, this could right. have been a funny yeah. as hell article. You could have slam dunked on New York for three hours, like just on their trash issues alone. How are you a major city and you still haven't figured out your trash situation? That's gross. I have been to many of these states and I swear I don't know what you're talking. Like it's the most confusing. Cities would have been better. Stick to cities. And if you want to be real specific, neighborhoods and cities. You would have caused fights, but that's what the internet is for. Right. right. Really narrow it down. Get to yeah, where is it so is smelly we to... cannot live. Population den- density and dental health by state were also evaluated. What? Um, Get the fuck out. <laughs> also, they're trying to be like, oh, like, so if you got the most bad breath, the worst hygiene, Boom. blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, because I'm almost like, 
how much like if you get in an Uber, how likely are you to be hit with a wall of cologne when you get in right. an Uber in this given area? That's a metric I would use because sometimes, you know what? The first time I got in an Uber with one of those KN94 like Korean filter masks, mm-hmm. I knew that shit was working because when I got out of the car and I let my mask down, the interior perfume smell like wafted out. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, like this did a actually like it cut down on a lot of what I was inhaling. But yeah, that's like another version. I don't want to say like, what what else? I think the temperature is definitely one, and then temperature be, yeah. along with like pubescent people too, who like just <laughs> yes, learning how to yes, bathe and yes. shit. Right? You know what I mean? If you got a ton of youngsters and it's hot, that's probably a, that's like a good recipe for volume spring. of X body spray sold. Yeah, that's in a whole great area. One. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, Open air fish markets. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, like, because, uh, yeah, we got the one in San Pedro, but, the, you know, mm-hmm. it is. But when you go there, it's I guess it's that's a thing. So much is subjective, contextual. Mm-hmm. You, you know? just smell, it just smells like salt and air. It's natural. What okay. is the worst thing you smell in public? What's the thing that what's an odious sensation that is so offensive to you when you're out just personally to each of you? What is something that mm. you hate being like, oh, God, somebody tweeted and I can't remember who it was, but that California has by far the most dog shit on sidewalks of any major city. <laughs> I don't know what it is about being out here that people are just like, I'm not going to pick up my dog poop, but it's disgusting and it's foul. And some of you have dogs that have like human sized poops. And yeah. You just leave it, and then it's hot and I'm walking down the street and it just smacks me in the face and it's disgusting. It's That's gross. a good one. Yeah. Hot garbage. New York city has, mm. uh, like there, you know, it, its highs are much higher, the bad smells that you hit in New York City, because it's just new combinations of garbage that have never been smelled before. <laughs> are, it's a lab. Are baking in the sun for new amounts of time, you know, that like, mm-hmm. so. In black you're bags, just, too. Yeah, in black Up bags. Heat. So you're, you will hit just unbelievable levels of creativity, but it'll be like one or two blocks on like a couple months out of the year. Yeah. And but sometimes, yeah. man, they would like I don't know what how New York deals with all all of its garbage. But sometimes I remember there would just be like an entire city block. They would have just like put all the trash like there <laughs> right. for some reason. There's well, they don't like have a alleyways or like massive snowdrifts of yeah, exactly. It's just piles of trash yeah. on the street. What ew? Yeah, I think yeah. The, another metric would be to like to test the curb water of a city. Because that's how you yeah. know, like, New York would be off the charts. Oh, you just made really? an LL gag. Like, you just oh. see little puddles by the curb. You're like, no, yeah, no, get yeah. a sample of that. And you're like, it melted the specimen tube. I don't <laughs> know right. what, that was glass. Because my what... second choice was going to be garbage juice. Like, in Chicago, we have dumpsters. Uh, it can get pretty hot, but it's also extremely humid in the summer. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, like the, even after the garbage is taken out, there's, like, a thick layer of garbage juice has just been baked into the bottom of the dumpster. Right. And it's just constantly cut. It, and it's, it's a lot. Like you either have to power wash it or just live with that funk for the rest of eternity. And it's the most disgusting. Like, uh, uh, it's so gross. Yeah. If you ever had to take out, like I worked at a movie theater where we had like <laughs> old soda <laughs> and stuff in yeah. the dumpster and, yeah. and stale popcorn that's then just heated in um we have like a big garage and you know so there if it's 90 degrees outside it's 120 in that garage just baking stale soda and popcorn together and that smell there it's it's not a competition oh, it's yeah. like 
that and maybe I don't know a carnival uh, outhouse porta potty. Yeah, mm-hmm. outhouses smells. are bad. Yeah, they've got or that smells. like kind of perfume over the top. <laughs> you know what's an under underrated bad smell mm-hmm. is, and it's weird that these two coincide with one another. But if you ever have like flowers that you leave in the water for too long and they like start to rot in the water and like there's that kind sure, of sure. smell oh, of decay yeah. and then the only other place I've smelled that is like when my grandfather was getting really old and yes! there's like he just his breath started smelling like that a little bit cool vase water yeah old vase water that's why I don't like gin it reminds me of that water Mm. Well, gin it's, is like flower water. That's, I know, but that's, that's why, like, I, in my mind, whenever I've had straight gin, I'm like, oh, this tastes like that shit in the old flower pot. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> gin is bad, devil. man. Pour me up some hypnotic and Hennessy, please, on the <laughs> double, my good man. But yeah, the other thing, I, I will say that with uh, Joel, like, realizing there's a piece of dog shit roasting in the sun near you, that's like a sense where you go... And then, because yeah. I have a dog too, and then like I'll be like, "Oh, that's right." I'll be sitting down outside in the chair, and he'll just want to take a shit near where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, I'm like, "What the fuck?" Is this? And then so, it appears terrible. Ugh. Disgusting. But yeah, California should always be number one. Okay, no matter what, even if we're stinky. Yeah. <laughs> Parents know that, like you know, you live through some some pretty aggressive bad shit. The what my son, what my three year old put my face last night. Uh. In the minute, like that, what woke me up was a wall oh, no. of smell that was not, oh, God. Oh, God. not great. That's what I was doing at five Ugh. this morning. Every time I learn more about having kids, the more I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I learned yesterday and, that women produce blood clots from their boobs when they're yeah. breastfeeding, like oh, yeah. full blood clot. What? Yeah. This, they don't tell you this. That's yeah. It's awful. gnarly. Yeah, uh, and you love every second of it, and you like love them for it. You're like, I kind of like that smell, even yeah. though it's the worst thing I've ever mm-hmm. ever hit my brain. I, there was one of my friends. Like, oh, never mind. I can. I don't even want to talk. About it. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna completely derail this entire episode. <laughs> Let's talk about unidentified submerged objects. They're the new hot shit and unexplained sightings, as opposed to unidentified aerial. Wait, phenomena. These are, like submarines are now catching like water subs are ships starting to catch water ships and things that are again moving at speeds that shouldn't be physically possible and this, tracking it too like just like with the jets like it's not some blip or whatever they're like no yeah. this is out in there we're seeing this yeah and what, so we talked before about how a lot of the UAP activity that the military is coming forward with and being like yo we 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 got nothing you guys have any ideas oh. is happening around the ocean and like so, some ufologists think that that's because that's where the these societies are coming from like is under well, the okay. ocean it's Atlantis. easier when they're just like yo we don't know what's going on they're like it's because <laughs> right. Triton's down there with his exactly. army of goons ready to come out and get us. I, like, okay, I, I don't subscribe to that. I still think <laughs> it's because they know that there aren't as many people out there and there it's just vast and you know they can get away with doing whatever they want out there. But the so one of the underrated details of the sixty minutes eyewitness testimony that we've talked about quite a bit on this show is that the white tic tac that they spotted was moving erratically and randomly over an area of white water the size of a 747 
they described it as looking like there was an aircraft or some other object just below the surface of the water. So it was like still water and then roiling like white waves were breaking over this like one small area. And they were like, it just seemed like it was, there was something submerged just below the surface of the water. Uh, when they went back, it had disappeared. And then since that report, there's been anecdotes coming from naval officers saying that just like the Air Force, they see stuff moving faster than should be physically possible underwater on the regular, basically. And then there's this video from the Navy that's worth watching. It shows this like black round craft moving through the air closer and closer to the ocean, almost like it's like a graphing calculator on a straight like line down. It gets closer and closer. And then you hear the people on board saying it's getting pretty close. Uh, and then it disappears underwater, reappears and then disappears again. And the thing that's compelling is there's like a massive splash that you can see on the camera. Uh, it can't be a mm. speck on the camera or a photographic light orb or a hologram because it makes a massive splash when it goes because under the Nessie water. Because Nessie has evolved. Yes. Okay. She, Thank she's you. been going slow, but, Where's but the technology has caught up and she realizes that if she wants to keep her secret, she's going to have to really push herself. So she's been in the gym getting those gains. Thank and you. She's faster right. now. Yes. She's dodging these cameras. They can't see her. So fast. I think she's a submarine. And I'm really proud of our girl. I'm proud of her for evolving. I'm proud of her for staying out of sight. She doesn't need these photographers in her life. I think you just leave her alone. She's like, okay, you want it now? You got it. I'm. She's like now like Mecca Gojira, but she's like the Loch Ness mon Mecca Nessie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't. Oh God. I just. You know, a few people have uh, messaged me and like, yeah, like there's. You should check out some of these things from like skeptic, like you know, like sort of scientific skeptics around the thing. Which yeah. yeah, I'm I'm down to look at too because I'm not I'm not all in on any one theory, but all I know is I just want the fuck is going on, please something. Yeah, something. I've looked at the ske a, a handful of the skeptic videos, usually the ones that are sent to us by listeners, and I haven't found any of them. Like I think they explain some of the things that people are referring to when they talk about unidentified aerial phenomenon like a lot of the times it's like light orbs or they're seeing a balloon but because of perspective it's far away but it seems like it's moving really fast but it doesn't explain the thing that we're talking about where a military jet flew right up to it they were circling each other and then it like just disappeared and was spotted moments later miles like 100 miles away or something right or this one where it's something that they see that they're locked onto and then they see it like go underwater and splash if this is like the stealth bomber i remember because i was like what late 90s when they were like there's this thing and it's out doing radar and like how is it possible and then the government had to be like yo that, that's us we created a plane and it, it's fine right how do we think like this will change the face of warfare or will it? I mean, if it's if it can be militarized, you know, they're horny as fuck at the Pentagon to figure out how to do that. Right. I mean, my hope is that they that it's not some military technology that's I don't know, like nothing, uh, nothing about it makes sense to me as military technology, because the military is, are the ones coming forward and being like, yo, we don't know what the fuck this is. Granted, they could be lying, but it seems like a weird move to be lying. 
Right. It's just it's the most poorly managed viral campaign for the rollout of a new jet you've ever seen. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, y'all. Okay. Any of you guys know? Hey, the boys at Lockheed Martin have an idea. Come on out, fellas. Got your asses. You thought it was aliens. Nah, we did that. Fuck around. Like, shout out to R and D out here. Uh, I, I don't know. That's. Yeah, it's it's that's what I think makes it very freaky. But also, you wish that it it is something that isn't from the military. So then they're like, "Wait, something could be big, better than our bombs and shit." Oh, right. okay. Listen, here's here's the best thing that I can picture it being. Somebody out there is like, "Listen, I am tired of the slow travel. It's a problem. We can get." to France in less than 12 hours. It's too much time on a plane to get to a beautiful country. Now we can do it in seconds. And even more, boss, this thing can be underwater or it can be in the air. It doesn't matter. Like, it can take off from underwater. That would be the best thing. We already have trains that go underwater. Why not planes that can take off from under the sea? Why? I'm not sure. But I think, listen, if, if the water levels keep rising and the ice keeps melting... This right. person is really far in the future. They're really thinking about, like, how are we going to continue our capital society once we're underwater? This is the way. Mm. Richard Branson, show yourself. Mm. <laughs> Say this is for the new virgin whatever line you've concocted. I think the most hopeful thing is that it is aliens because then they are a super advanced society that isn't killing us. Like, so it suggests that, like, the more advanced you become, the more you're just like, no, why the fuck will we kill you? for idiots. Yeah, killings for people, like, the Stone Ages, and you are essentially just emerging from the Stone Ages. Oh, my God, the idiots haven't figured out abundance. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Look, like, four people have all this shit, and they're fighting each other over. What the fuck? These... No, nah, I ain't getting out. I ain't no, nah, no. Nah. Zoom me out. Let's go. Let's go back on the water. They're secretly cleaning the oceans for us. They're like, <laughs> right. this stupid race is gonna kill themselves. We're their pandas. We're right. their pandas. It's They're in just line, like, no. It's in line with certain. <laughs> <laughs> it's in line. <laughs> They're like, man, right. their so sperm counts going down. What the fuck? About to die there. Not fucking and producing like they used to. It's really a problem. Right. And I think City Girls is gonna have a new album out soon, so we gotta keep this thing going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't no thing. Ain't, ain't no dick like millionaire dick. We all know that up here. But they really, I don't know. I Part of me, like, it, it does go in, coincide with a lot of, like, alien conspiracy stuff that, like, you know, I would hear growing up from my family <laughs> about, like, you know, like, you know what happened to Atlantis, right? Because <laughs> I have people like <laughs> yeah. that in my family. <laughs> yeah. Humans could have never built the pyramids. Right. Definitely aliens. But sort right. of this idea, though, too, that, like, there, there have always been these you know, the the overwatching kind dinoid or dolphin symbiote, whatever people who have like <laughs> just intervene at the last moment so we don't fuck ourselves up and then mm-hmm. they like they fuck off. So I'm sure this gives a lot of uh momentum to some interesting family conversations I'll have next time. Yeah, man. You know who it is, right? I'm like, yes, it's the dinoid people. I know we already <laughs> talked dinoid. about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well Joel, as always, mm-hmm. such a pleasure. To have you on the show. Where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, uh, y'all know me. I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. That's J O E L L E M O N I Q U E. Y'all know me. Still Joel Monique. Uh, <laughs> 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 ah! 
<laughs> They're like, Mr. O'Brien is the dopest literature t- teacher we've ever had. The, is that was that the one that was revealed to have been written by Jay Z? Yes. Yeah, I guess not revealed. Just like a lot of people just noticed it. Mm-hmm. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna butcher your name. So sir, Declan on the deck. Declan on the deck. That is their at on Twitter has a theory about the Marvel series, and you guys already know I'm a big Marvel comic book head, and they say each series. This is a new television series that are out. Represents an infinity stone after the blip. I know this is Greek to some of you, but just hold with me. One, WandaVision would be like the reality stone because she changed her reality to avoid the truth of grief in all of her relatives. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the mind stone because people's minds were changed after the war, or after the uh, blip and how it was like going to, like how the world was going to operate and how our borders were going to go. And then three, Loki is about time and how the timeline has its importance and how the events of 2023 changed everything for the people we have been trying to figure out like what do these series mean how are they going to feed into the second phase of the marvel cinematic universe and i really i I vibe with this theory i love the idea that despite the stones being gone their impact still lasts it's very Mm. uh astrology of the storyline it makes me really happy i have not seen the new loki but i'm excited to see if this theory holds up throughout the series wow uh, I'm gonna give that a Owen Wilson. Why? I gotta watch. I gotta watch those <laughs> Avengers films. Owen huh? Wilson is back, baby. Yeah, he is. Did you see Tom Hiddleston's impression of Owen Wilson? <laughs> it was yes, really I good. Did. Yeah, I'm just happy to have Owen Wilson back in my life. Uh, I like that dude. He's a precious baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> precious, precious. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance. Go to twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance to, you know, come check, come hang, come see, see, do us, do what we do, and all that. Uh, tweet that I like. Oh boy, there's a few now. Um, let's see. First one, first, first one, <laughs> first one is from Trash Jones at JZUX. Tweeted, deleting my dating apps because I want to meet someone the old fashioned way. He sells me onions. I sell him <laughs> jars of spiced peaches. <laughs> um, another one is from Andrew Nadeau at the Andrew Nadeau saying, Sam being able to carry Frodo and not be affected by the ring means the ring doesn't understand transitive properties. So they could have just <laughs> taped the ring to a mouse and then carried the mouse with no ill effects. Whole thing would have <laughs> taken 20 minutes. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. That's that <laughs> a big eagle theory. I really like. <laughs> Fuck y'all doing is tape that ring to a mouse and keep it in your pocket. <laughs> Straight oh there. Oh my god. That's amazing. Uh I like your literary tweet smiles. That was great. <laughs> Got a holes reference and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I didn't even know that first one was a holes reference. Yep. Yerp. Uh a couple tweets I've been enjoying. Natalie Walker tweeted wild that Helena Bonham Carter has to exist in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Diavolo, <laughs> Lucy Diavolo tweeted, inclusive youth pastor voice. Cool. Now that we know everyone's pronouns, let's get into some proverbs. Wow. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Ian Dukes tweeted, age is just a number. Yeah, the older I get, the number I feel. <laughs> and then 
Cullen at Hello Cullen tweeted, if Mayor of Easttown was good at high school basketball in the 90s, they wouldn't have called her the Lady Hawk. They would have called her Mayor Jordan, which is just true. Uh, they fucked up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page. And a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we suggesting people check out? This is from an artist called Pink Pantheris. Uh, That's really dope. Based on what I'm hearing, she sounds like she's from the UK, but it has like this kind of like organic drum and bass feel to it, and it's really poppy. I don't know how else to describe it, but if you like those words I just used, you will like this track. It's very like upbeat, and I just love when just hearing kind of like old school kind of two step drum and bass kind of vibes in the newer music for the youth them for the youth them. Pink Panthress and yep. uh, right. right, get off my yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry to all our UK listeners uh, who are still here. It's called Break It Off. Sorry, mate, if it wasn't clear, yeah. Break, Break It, it off. off. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.